Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Okay, so today we are finishing up, hopefully finishing up. I'm not so sure if we're going to be finishing them up. So I'm kind of going through the traits of a healthy relationship, just kind of one by one. Uh, If we were kind of to use kind of a measuring stick, how do I measure my relationships? What are the traits of a healthy relationship? These are the things that we are going through and kind of talking about them. And so I'm taking my time. I had intended on kind of reading all of them and going through all of them in one handy dandy episode, but I really want you to get them. I want you to have an understanding of what is being taught here so that you can really take a look at your relationships and ask yourself, could my relationships be better? Now, this is not about really, and some of you may be watching this and recognizing, ooh, I've got some um, toxicity in my relationships. And some of you may not may be saying, well, my, my relationships aren't toxic, but I feel inspired and I feel empowered to make my good relationships even better. So that's exciting. That's part of what I like to do is really um, maximize who you are, what you do, cultures around you is my mantra. Um, And that means we want to maximize every relationship we have. So we have to be willing to take a look at our current relationships and say, man, just because they're not terrible doesn't necessarily mean that they couldn't be better, more satisfying, more filling, and certainly look more like God's design for you and that person. So picking up where we left off, uh, I'm not going to review all the traits because I don't want to waste time doing that. If you have not gone and watched part one, part two of the traits of a healthy relationship, I would highly recommend that you do that. In fact, I would recommend you go all the way back to the very first episode and that is called Created for Connection um, and watch that as well because it all is going to connect and tie in as we're talking about what are we looking for in healthy relationships. So today, the first trait that we're going to be talking about today, remember this isn't the first trait all along, on, out of all of them, but the first trait in today's episode that we're going to be talking about is that neither party feels taken advantage of. Now, if you remember, we talked yesterday or in the episode before on how um, each party should feel a sense of mutual care and they should engage in mutual care. So this kind of connects with that and feeling like um, I don't feel taken advantage of, but I also don't. Uh, my the person that I'm in relationship doesn't feel like I'm taking advantage of them either. Um, and so we want uh, this to be true and not perceived. We've talked a lot about our perceptions and what we're perceiving versus what is true. Um, and so if you feel like you're the one who's always being taken advantage of, again, I'm empowering you to take a look in the mirror first and ask yourself, first of all, is it your inability to set a healthy boundary? Um, is it your just your perception because uh, that's the position you've always taken in uh, your former relationships where you've been taken advantage of? Sometimes when we have genuinely been taken advantage of a lot in the past, we carry that wound into um, our existing relationships and everything that happens to us, we perceive I'm being taken advantage of even when we're not being taken advantage of. So the power that you have is to first and foremost understand you um, and change you and empower what empower you, discover what's going on inside of you as to why you feel this way. Take it before, before the Lord, really pray about it, 
and ask yourself, how can I be, how can I play the part in changing the pattern or the personality of this relationship? You can only do what you can do. Uh, The person you are in relationship with is not accountable to you. You are accountable to your own actions. As we go through the book, we'll be talking about how you can enforce change uh, through boundaries or by changing your own reactions or responses to typical patterns. Um, So for example, if you have a typical pattern in an argument or in a conversation, uh, one of the fastest ways to change that pattern is by changing the way you respond or you react. Um, change who you are and you will enforce change uh, around you. Okay, so the trait number two for today is free to say no. Now the very first trait we talked about was how each party feels freedom. So this connects with that with the ability, I feel free to say no. I don't feel like I have to, I don't feel trapped, I'm, I'm not afraid to say no to this particular person. Um, and I'm not afraid to set boundaries. Um, so a lot of that is connected a lot with boundaries. Now, a lot of times people are um, who uh, lack the ability to say no in a relationship also lack the ability to say no to themselves. They tend to, in general, be people who don't really understand boundaries. They don't have boundaries in their own life. Uh, they let people... Um, control their schedule. Uh, A lot of times uh, for moms, it's their kids. They don't have healthy boundaries with their kids. They don't know how to tell their children no. They don't know how to shut the door when they're taking a bath so that they're not interrupted. These are all boundaries that you get to set um, in a way to say no. I feel free to say no. I feel free to tell my children no. I feel free to tell my spouse no. I feel free to tell my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my siblings no. Um, when it comes to guarding my own design or something that I'm just not in the space or in the right place to do. Um, it's not a popular teaching. Well, it is a popular teaching in the world to for the whole self-care thing. And there is, and I'm going to talk a lot about that, very controversial in the church where if we take care of ourselves, then we're being selfish and we're disinterested in those around us. But remember, you will you will treat other people and you will teach them to treat you according to how you treat yourself. So the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we're not loving ourselves and learning how to say no to ourselves, setting boundaries so that we can take care of ourselves, then how are we going to guard that for others around us? Um, So I want you to recognize that it is healthy and it is good to feel free to say no. Now that doesn't mean you have to say no all the time or that you should be saying no. It's that you feel free to say no. You don't feel trapped or like you can't say no. Um, So I want you to know that you are worth your boundaries and you are worth saying no now and then. So if you don't, and you don't have to have a reason. It was a huge big deal when my husband and I went through um, our big shift Um, about seven or eight years ago and really kind of redefining the pattern of our relationship. Again, I have all of that in this book. It was a big deal when I found the courage to start saying, no, I just don't want to do that. I don't really have a reason. It just doesn't interest me. And it wasn't that I was being selfish. Um, It's that I was learning. I was discovering what I wanted, what I desired, what made me tick, what ticked me off. And I felt free to communicate that with him. That was a huge step for me. Um, And so now there are times when I will communicate, I really don't want to do this. It's not something I would enjoy, but I will do it because I know it's important to you. 
Um, and so there are definitely times when I do that and there are definitely times when that's good and healthy as well. But the point is, is I still felt free. I still felt like I could say no. So I'm not saying you always have to say no or that you always should say no. In fact, sometimes we should just put our own interest aside for the interest of others. But that is different than I don't feel free to say no. That just means I feel free to say no, but I'm choosing to say yes, okay? So that is trait number two for today. Trait number three for today is freedom to disagree. Now, again, a lot of these are kind of all starting to come together, but they're slightly different. But somehow the world has taught us that a healthy relationship looks like totally agreement. We agree on everything. We're completely compatible because we have the same opinion. We have the same interests. We totally agree on everything. That's great. If that's you, that is not me. There is nothing wrong with differences. Every person is created uniquely. We all have different thoughts, we have different interests, we have different opinions, and yes, there are places where Brad and I absolutely agree on everything. But I feel free to disagree with him and he feels free to disagree with me. There is a mutual confidence. I feel confident that he is not going to love me less, that he's not gonna make fun of my disagreement, He's not gonna mock me, he's not gonna ridicule me. He feels confident that he can be, he can disagree with me as well. There is also a mutual respect for each other's opinions. In other words, I respect that he may disagree with me and guess what guys, he might be right and I might be wrong or we may just, we may just think differently and neither one of us is right and neither one of us is wrong. So if he thinks one thing, I think another, it may not necessarily be that he's wrong and I'm right or I'm right and he's wrong. But we have come to a place where we respect our differences. We love that about each other. We love that we challenge each other. We don't feel threatened by that. In fact, we feel a sense of completion in that. We feel like together, our, our, our together, I say to my staff all the time, our collaborative uh, social or spiritual intelligence is the highest spiritual intelligence we can get in the room. So when we're praying over somebody, we like to come together and really collaboratively hear from the spirit because our collaborative spiritual um, intelligence is the highest intelligence we can get. It's the same thing, emotional intelligence, IQ, all of these things. Um, collaboratively, Brad and I make a great team, even when we are disagreeing. I am not afraid of healthy tension. For those of you who know me, you know, I am not afraid of healthy tension. And the reason is I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident in what I think, but I'm also willing to be taught. I'm willing to be wrong. And I don't feel as though if I'm wrong and somebody else is right, it's not, it's, it's not a, wound to my identity or who I am. It just means I don't know everything. Newsflash, I don't know everything and you don't know everything. Um, and I'm not always right. And guess what? You're not always right. Um, and there are lovely places all over the scripture that talk about the beauty of being teachable, being humble, um, being taught. Um, and so in that, we need to be allow uh, allow disagreement around us. If so, look, if you are in relationship, you're like feel like everybody agrees, and so and so agrees, and so and so agrees. Pay attention to your conversations because it might be that you're talking, 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 talking. You're giving your opinion, 
and the other per person is just quiet and kind of smiling and nodding and you are assuming you are assuming that they are in agreement with you but the truth might just be that you haven't stopped talking long enough you haven't taken time to really be interested in their opinion and that person has no option but to just sit there and listen and be like uh-huh 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 and you haven't even cared to ask them for their opinion so that if that is you i'm going to ask you to reevaluate pay attention to your conversations um do the does the other person feel free to disagree and are you giving them room to speak in a conversation okay so sometimes we don't give people room to disagree and they don't feel free to disagree because they're going to get sandblasted if they do um, instead of saying hey I respect your opinion well tell help me understand remember the help me understand help me understand why you feel that way or help me understand um, I, I like to say to my residents a lot of time hey I would love to be wrong and I would love for you to be right so I'm gonna give you an opportunity to convince me like I really want I, I really want you to be right and I'm giving them that's the love always hopes portion where I want you to be right and I want you to convince me that you are right in what you're saying and that I am wrong. And so I'm teaching them by demonstration what it looks like to be teachable and what it means to be humble. Okay, so the next one is each party feels celebrated. Now this is huge for me because I think at very best, we as believers have, and pridefully, we tolerate people. Um, and so we're like, well, you know, I just put up with Susie or, you know, she's just blah, blah, blah. And we, we kind of pridefully like, well, you know, that's just how John is. So we just all just kind of roll and chuckle at John and we just put up with him and that's just who he is. And God does not just tolerate us. He celebrates us. Now, I, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't difficult people in the world and there aren't difficult people in our worlds and in our circles. What I am saying is, if I'm flowing in the fullness of who I'm designed to be, my God possibility is that every single person, despite their idiosyncrasies, despite the things that irritate me, I find a reason to celebrate who they are. Now, this is in a perfect world. This is my goal. I'm telling you, this one's difficult for me. Like I, Because I know what it looks like to respond with patience and to respond with love. But I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes on the inside, I'm like, and I'm like wanting to rip my hair out because I'm so frustrated with this person and I'm tolerating the conversation and I'm just waiting for this conversation to be over, whatever it is. But God celebrates us. And I think it's, it's, we need to be proactive in pursuing um, the idea of celebrating our friends and our family and our interactions and our acquaintances, the people that we are around. And I think uh, um, this is a huge, huge conviction for me because, um, again, I think sometimes we pridefully think, well, I'm doing my duty by tolerating them. Um, but when you walk into the room, I promise you God does not tolerate you. When you are whining and you are crying and you are in a state of depression, you're crying out in self-pity, you're crying out in anger, and you are the ugliest brute beast in, the, in your soul, come on, we've all been there. I guarantee you God is not just tolerating you. He's not just grinning and bearing it and rolling his eyes. 
God is celebrating the fullness of who you are. He is celebrating your design. He is celebrating you in your idiosyncrasies. In fact, the, the Bible says in your greatest weakness, his power is perfected. He doesn't even see those things when he looks at you. When you walk into the room, it says that the Lord delights in your presence. That word delight means he spins about, he twirls in your presence. And we are created in the likeness of God with the eyes of the Father, the heart of God himself. We should be looking at others and saying, my soul recognizes that I'm frustrated and you're being quirky right now and whatever, but my spirit is leaping because I find you beautiful and I find you loving and I find you worthy and I find you valuable and I'm enamored with your humor or whatever it is. And so I really think this is a huge area where we, including myself, as a people of God, need to grow. I see this with spouses all the time. Um, ladies, I'm going to speak directly to you for a moment um, because, man, we are so good at just, mm, I just tolerated him. You know what? I bit my tongue. Well, good for you. Um, but I hope you know that there is a more excellent way than controlling yourself to not have to bite your, to not bite your, have to bite your tongue. Uh, there is a more excellent way that says, I, I, I connected with my husband. I connected with my child. I connected with my neighbor in that moment. And I was not irritated by them, but my heart was connecting with them. And I was celebrating who they were, even when that person wasn't celebrating themselves. It is so difficult um, to celebrate people when they're not celebrating themselves. And let's remember that that it will be easier for people to celebrate you when you are learning how to celebrate yourself. And, and that doesn't mean I'm going to be arrogant and haughty and brag about myself and all of my accomplishments, but it does mean I'm going to acknowledge the gifts that God has given to me and that the anointing is placed upon me is good. And I'm going to celebrate when I launch a book because I'm excited about what God is doing in my life. And I'm going to teach and train the people around me to celebrate those things as well. So a lot of us, you know, we have people in our lives that don't do birthday parties that will celebrate Mother's Day. And we've been like, well, it's fine. You don't have to. But on the inside, we're super, super fussy. Um, and so that's not fair. That's totally not fair. Do not do that. Um, so if it is true that you want to be celebrated, teach and train people to celebrate you, A, by celebrating yourself and also celebrating them as well. So you have the power to change that pattern in your relationships. Um, so I'm going to encourage you to think of a relationship that you have, and I want you to think about a way that you can celebrate that person. Maybe it's just sending them a note, um, in the mail or sending them a text. It's just like, you know, I woke up this morning and I was thinking about your laugh and, and the joy that you bring into a room. And I just want you to know I'm celebrating that character attribute of you today. I love that in my life. And I'm just rejoicing that God has connected us. And so you're changing that pattern in the relationship and you're shifting it into one where we celebrate each other. All right. So we are going to get to the final one today, you guys. There is no jealousy. Now, this one is huge as well. Jealousy is absolutely rooted in fear. It means I am not confident in my relationship with you, and I am therefore feel threatened by every other relationship you have, or I feel left out. I don't feel secure in who I am. I don't feel secure in my own relationship with the Lord. And so I struggle with you going out with other friends, but not inviting me, or... 
let's keep it real, your spouse having a relationship with somebody of the opposite sex and you constantly struggle with feeling jealous, that is rooted in fear. It means I fear that you don't love me. I have no confidence. And it's not always, it's not the other person's fault. Now, remember, we're always going to flip the coin. If you are in a relationship where the other person struggles with jealousy, then ask yourself, what have I done to cultivate um, the feeling, remember, of safety in this relationship. Why does this person not feel safe in my love for them? Why do they not feel confident in my love for them? Um, so again, uh, Brad and I have had to go through seasons where uh, there's been struggle there with, with um, jealousy. And as we were trying to work through that, we would say, you know, I feel and I sense um, some jealousy here. What can I do to um, squelch that fear in your heart? And we just, instead of get, getting angry, because a lot of times if one of our spouses are angry or a friend or is jealous or a friend is jealous, we get defensive because we take that personally. We get offended. Well, I've never done anything to make you blah, 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 whatever. Instead of recognizing this is part of human nature and you have a mantle in your life to squelch that in your relationships by saying, hey, I sense some jealousy here. What can I do to assure you that I love you? and make you confident in that. Now, at the end of the day, we know that jealousy must be squelched, not because you're confident in a person's love, but because you're confident in God's love for you. If you remember, we started this whole section on the verse that says, perfect love casts out all fear. Um, and that um, fear has to do with torment, and he who has, uh, has fear has not yet been perfected by love. So ultimately, yes, I want to help my the people I'm in relationship. I want to help them be successful and I want to help them feel confident that I love them. But ultimately, the issue is not between me and them. And that is true for you as well. Meaning if you find that you are jealous in a relationship all the time, it is not really about you and that person. It's about you and your relationship with God. Now, I've had people sit across from me and say, but you don't know my spouse has cheated on me several times and that's why I'm jealous. That doesn't have to make you jealous. It makes you wise and you're aware, but it doesn't make have to make you jealous. You can say, look, I acknowledge that there have been some challenges and faithfulness in my spouse in the past. However, my confidence is not rooted in their faithfulness. My confidence is rooted in God's faithfulness. Therefore, I am not jealous. I trust the Lord to deal with anything going on on that end. So you can be confident because you trust in God's faithfulness. Listen, it is anytime we put our confidence in man, I don't care how long you have been married. I have been married for 30 years this October, and Brad and I are just as human as you are, and there are times when we have conversations where we're like, ugh, there's moments of our past that come in where we feel a sense of fear or we sense of, uh, uh, feel a sense of insecurity. But ultimately, I say to him, I'm not going to put the, this pressure on you. Um, to be perfect, to be excellent, to never fall. He's not going to put the pressure on me to be perfect, to be excellent, to never fall. We are putting a demand on God. And our confidence in our marriage doesn't necessarily come from each other. It comes from our own relationships with God and knowing each other is in relationship with God as well. And so that is where our confidence 
comes from. Now these characteristics um, do not likely include all of what God's design looks like, but it does include a lot of them. Um, but I want you to go back, take a listen, and listen to some of these. If you haven't gotten the study guide or the book, you can go through each one of these and just kind of assess your relationships. Be willing to be honest with yourself. And again, this doesn't mean, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to go back to your husband or to your wife and be like, our marriage sucks. We've got so many unhealthy attributes. That is not what I want you to do. What I want you to do is I want you to use these attributes to really assess yourself and evaluate yourself and where you're at. Because the most powerful tool you have to begin to make changes in your relationships is you. So start by taking a look in the mirror and taking a look at the things you can change and what are, what are some of your patterns rooted in? What are some of the messages that are navigating your, your patterns and how can you deal with some of those things? You are the most powerful tool you have in your relationship. So let me end with this. I wanna to read to you um, out of 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight, because this is what love looks like. And we're talking about relationship, we're talking about perfect love. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, it does not behave rudely, it does not seek its own. Remember, we seek to understand before we seek to be understood. It is not provoked, meaning I take no offense. It does not, it thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity. Remember, we're not going to have that, aha, I knew it, but we're believing the best in others. It rejoices in the truth. It celebrates who you are, not necessarily your behaviors or your patterns or your quirkiness. I'm still just going to celebrate the truth of your design and who you are. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things and love never fails. So this sums up um, our traits of healthy relationships, taking a look at that. In the next section, we're gonna be talking about forms of unhealthy relationships. So we're gonna be kind of comparing um, what does the Bible say about unhealthy relationship versus some of the terminologies that we hear um, in the world. So for example, the world uses codependency um, as a terminology, whereas the Bible would call it an unhealthy soul tie, or an ungodly soul tie. Um, so we're gonna be taking a look at some of those. Um, so you'll hang in with me through as we work through this book. Now, I'm going to have a couple of guest speakers um, coming on here or there. Um, and so uh, we might be injecting in and out of this series, and that's okay, um, because I really feel like healthy relationships is a huge part because huge part of who we are because it is what we are designed for. We are designed to work, walk in the fullness of health. So remember, please get a copy of the book, To Love and to Be Loved, Establishing Healthy Relationships. Also, you can find Hear Me More. If you are an audible person, you want to listen more, uh, check out my podcast, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz, where you're going to hear a little bit more, less of me teaching and more of me preaching. Um, and so I would love for you to subscribe to that, check it out, and um, get empowered. All right, you guys, that sums up today. Remember, Enforcing Purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com.